Hey folks, welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of the Application Security Podcast. On this episode, Robert and I investigate the new OWASP threat model project by interviewing Stephen, the new project lead. Stephen explains the project, talks about his vision for the future, and also introduces us to the Open Security Summit that happens in June 2018, where a lot of work is going to occur on this project. We hope you enjoy. The Application Security Podcast. Here we go. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Application Security Podcast. Chris and I are joined today by Stephen Verdix. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And as we get started, what we'd like to do to begin with is uh, if you could give us your security origin story. How did you get into this? Well, I uh, finished my degree in uh, 99, and at that time, there was very little to do with security when you were studying uh, IT-related topics. So I started off as a programmer, and after a while, I uh, migrated more to the uh, QA side of things, so the quality assurance side of things, and I became a tester. I was writing my own test tools and things like that, and uh, at some point, to OWASP, and I went to an OWASP Belgium chapter meeting, and that's in fact how I got uh, into security, and I've been uh, trying to improve security of applications for the past uh, seven or eight years now. Excellent. Thank you. So what was the, uh, what was the first, as a programmer, what, was, what were you actually writing? Were you writing web apps, or it may not even, web apps might well, not have even existed back then, I can't remember. Yeah, we, there, there were some web apps, but uh, I mainly I got started in Visual Basic 6, which I still think was one of the, the nicest languages to actually write in, because you could just draw a GUI on screen with your customer, and afterwards just put in the code to get the whole thing working. But it was sort of a rapid application development uh some possibilities uh, that we had with Visual Basic 6 that I didn't see anywhere after. Uh, it did present us with the unique problem that whenever we drew all the screens, uh, our customers thought that they would have the actual working program within a week. And usually that took us like four to six months of programming. So <laughs> there were some, some challenges in explaining to customers there was a little bit more to just drawing some buttons on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I had the, uh, had the advantage to do some visual basic programming back around that same time frame as well. And I, I also have fond memories of it as an environment and a language that really did make things quite easy to work with. Um, and I even got my my pro, my project to actually compile and burned it on a CD-ROM. If anybody remembers what those things are, yeah, yeah. I also remember that uh, we used to have problem, which was a like a real 
bubble that exploded into basically nothing happening. So that was around the same time. Uh, well, thanks again for joining us, uh, Stephen. So uh, today what we want to cover is uh, the OWASP threat modeling project. And, and before we get into that, I, I wanted to also mention, I'm sure you'll talk a little bit about it as well, but I can remember a year ago we, we had a chance to, to meet and talk about threat modeling. And in particular, there was the, uh, the OWASP summit uh, that happened uh, last June. And that was a pretty exciting time uh, to look at a lot of different projects going on, and in particular, the threat modeling project. I remember being a part of that uh, remotely at the time, uh, but seeing what was going on. And I remember um, uh, you and I talking at that time. And so um, in, in terms of talking about the OWASP threat modeling project, uh, first of all, tell us about what it is and then maybe even how that relates to the OWASP summit uh, and things that are going on there now. Yeah, so the uh, OWASP threat modeling project is what is known within OWASP as a documentation project. So we should not confuse it with other related projects like, for example, the Threat Dragon uh, project uh, and some of the other tools that are currently being developed. So the whole purpose of the OWASP threat modeling project is to be Vendor and methodology uh, independent. We are completely agnostic. And we would like to build a knowledge base on threat modeling. And uh, we'll go deeper into exactly what are the things that we want to document then in just a little bit. But indeed, the project uh, got started during that OWASP summit. And we were lucky enough to have... Uh, I think around 20 people that were interested in threat modeling at the time. And some of those were uh, actually quite uh, famous people, or at least famous within the threat model world. So we had uh, not only very good practitioners there, but we had uh, two different authors, uh, so authors of two different threat modeling books present, and I think we were probably one of the bigger groups uh, within the summit. So we did get a whole lot of work done in the sense that we created a lot of content. Uh, unfortunately, uh, once I got the project started, uh, the actual uh, putting out the content on the web pages uh, got a bit delayed. But uh, the second part of the OWASP threat modeling project is where we're actually doing most of the work now. We are building a community uh, which for which we primarily use the uh, OWASP Slack workspace. And there we have the threat model channel. And basically we have, I think, about uh, between 250 and 300 people there, some of them quite active to discuss all things threat model related. So uh, as a project leader, I have been more focusing on building a community on the Slack channel than actually writing the content of the website. Because uh, I think once we have a good community going, the content will materialize by itself. Hey, hey Stephen. So I'm going to go back to something that you said kind of right off the beginning uh, when you started to describe the project here. You said that the goal was to create something that was vendor and methodology agnostic. 
And so I'm somebody who's done threat modeling quite a bit in my career. I rolled it out inside of a large technology company. And so I'm curious as to, maybe you can explain a little bit for me, how could this possibly be methodology agnostic when, at least from my perspective, a lot of what goes into threat modeling is actually the methodology behind it. It's the taking Microsoft's kind of stride approach and applying that versus the folks that are advocating for pasta or the folks that are advocating for more of a risk management-based decision. I see all of those as methodologies, and I guess I don't see how you could do th- how you could have a threat modeling project that was that, that didn't wasn't specific to a methodology. So maybe you can give me give me a little bit of an explanation of that if you could. Yeah, so um, the very first idea that we had uh, when people like uh, Tony, who wrote the book on pasta, and uh, Adam, who wrote uh, the book in which the methodology where you use Stride is completely described, uh, we all sat together and we figured out that basically all threat model methodologies use roughly the same steps. The first thing you need to do is create some kind of a model. Uh, and a model, uh, I think most of us agree that we, we use the model just to communicate with each other. And what do we want to communicate? We want to create a list of threats against the thing we're doing the threat modeling on, which when we look at OWASP, it's mainly web applications, but you could threat model basically anything you want. And so you want to create this list of threats. And in theory, that would be a threat model. But to make it interesting for an organization, of course, you're also going to look at how are we going to make sure that none of these threats materialize. And basically, the uh, people that we had at the summit, so we had some people that were proficient in uh, trike. We had some people... Uh, coming out of the, let's say, the Microsoft threat model methodology background. We had people that were doing pasta. And basically, these three steps are always present in each of these methodologies. It is the way in which they handle these questions, in how they formalize all these things, how they break them up into smaller, more manageable parts. That is where the threat model methodology actually comes into play. Uh, we during the summit we also discussed uh, with a group of people how you could actually do a threat modeling in, for example, an agile environment, mm-hmm. because none of the uh, methodologies I mentioned can just be plugged into an agile uh, environment. So uh, we did a lot of work around that, and basically, what we uh, all agree upon is that. You ask yourself, uh, we call it the four questions. So what are you building? It is your model. Uh, What can go wrong? What are you going to do about it? And then the fourth one is your uh, QA step. Did we do a good enough job? And no matter which methodology you use, you're always going to have in some form or another these four steps. So yeah, that's, that's how we can say we, we're methodology agnostic. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Thank you for explaining that. And just for our listeners' uh, reference point, so um, 
Stephen mentioned threat modeling and agile. We had uh, Irene Michelin on a few episodes ago to talk about that that entire idea of how agile and threat modeling kind of fit together. And you also mentioned Tony, which I'm assuming you're talking about Tony UV since he's only um, threat modeling author named Tony that I'm aware of. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> as well as Adam Shostak. So Tony and Adam have both been on the show previously. So listeners, if you if you want to dive back into a little bit more of the history of the things we've talked about regarding threat modeling. We've had three different perspectives and three different awesome experts that have already been on in the past to talk about threat modeling. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of uh, it's, it's just a point of reference, something you can go back and, and take a little closer look at here. So, so, Robert, where are we going next with our threat modeling OWASP journey? Well, I think we talked a little bit about where things are currently in the um, uh, threat modeling universe for, for OWASP, what, what is um, – you mentioned Slack and, and so getting people together and building a community. community. What does community mean then to threat modeling? How, how is that important? Well, um, in order to explain that, I'll first explain uh, how we – work or at least what I propose as the way of working within this OWASP project. So um, we want to publish a whole range of different types of information. And the way we go about it is that uh, we're uh, working on some on some uh, Google documents. And uh, I post something on Slack or uh, let's say somebody else asks ask a question on Slack and I think, okay, that, that would be a good thing to have on the website. So we create a Google Doc for that and people can go to the uh, Google Doc and they can share their insights. So we work a lot with a comment system there. At some point, uh, we as a group uh, decide that, okay, the content that's on there is a consensus that most of us can get behind and at that point normally i would create an actual uh, web page and uh, post it on the website the OWASP threat model website uh, which is actually also completely hosted on uh, the git versioning system so later on if people want to uh, make an addendum or they, they have an opinion or they want to make a change, they can just create a pull request with the new information. I'll have a look at it. And if I think it's uh, a good thing to have, I'll immediately put it on. If I'm not entirely sure or it's a completely new viewpoint, we'll go back to the Google Doc and everybody again can uh, give his input on the content. So uh, we use that way of working in which I, as the project leader, I'm more of a moderator. I'm not actually uh, driving the content by itself. The content is a consensus that was achieved within our threat model community. And I think that's why it might be a slightly different uh, OWASP project than, for example, uh, the uh, Thread Dragon tool or something like the Z-Attack proxy in which people are just working together, creating a great tool. We are working together, but uh, more in the sense of creating a consensus on some information. Okay, good. So go ahead. 
Yeah, I was Chris? just going to say, so, so Stephen, what do you see as the future then of this OWASP threat modeling project? What does what 1.0 look like for this project? Yeah, so um, when we were at the summit and we were lucky enough to have people like Irene and Tony and Adam, but also lots of other people there, uh, we decided that uh, what the world actually needed from a threat model project was at the first place, um, a large amount of example threat models. In the best case, we would have an application that we threat model in all the different methodologies in, and uh, we would publish those so people could compare. Uh, if I would threat model, let's say, a CMS system with pasta or we do it with trike, what would be the outcome? I'm fairly convinced that the outcome for most of threat model methodologies will be roughly the same. I claim that between 75 and 85% of the threats and mitigations found will be the same. What do we also want to do? We want to create some reference threat models. Uh, a good example is a web application. Let's say we would draw a standard web application in the form of having a front-end and business logic API thing and a database behind, which is the format that I think most web applications uh, actually fall into. If you were to create some very good threat models on that, then an organization that is new to threat modeling could just take the reference threat model, see how their applications differ from that one, and then you just need to do the threat modeling on the small differences, but the bulk of the content will already be there. And because it's something that the community has worked on, you will have had input from all these, uh, let's say, more or less famous people in the threat model world. So they, they would be very good threat models that you could use as a reference. That is the first part of the website. The second part of the website is where we create a searchable database, not only of methodologies and tools, but also techniques. Uh, the stride was already mentioned. Stride in itself is not so much a methodology as it is a technique to find threats against an application. You could potentially replace stride with something like attack trees. So I want to create a database of all these techniques, methodologies, and tools. And uh, you could say in, in the search box, I'm looking for a technique that answers the questions, which threats exist against my applications. And it would give you a list of all the, the tools and the techniques that you could use to find that out. I think that's something that is currently lacking. And it's also something that is quite difficult uh, if you want to look online to find information on. Yeah. And the uh, third and final part is uh, currently the company I work for has a, a graduate, uh, a PhD student working on a comparison on threat model tools. So he's going to invent, let's say, a methodology to compare threat model tools. 
uh, once he finishes his PhD, he has agreed that uh, we could use this methodology uh, in the OWASP project. And I would like to see some effort from the community to keep that up to date. So every time a tool gets a major upgrade, we would uh, update our information. And you could have a comparison of all the different threat model tools. So these are the, the three large pillars, let's say, of our documentation project. Yeah. Sounds like all, all really useful stuff that uh, will help folks that are, especially those get it, that are new to threat modeling, give them a place to start. I love the idea of the example models and the reference model that will be a place that, that people can start. So I got another question. I'm seeing, um, you know, you mentioned the OWASP Threat Dragon, and we, we talked to Mike Goodwin on a previous episode about the tool, and he took us through and talked about all the different uh, things that the tool can do and his vision for the roadmap. What do you see as, what, what's the connection that you see between the OWASP Threat Model Project and the OWASP Threat Dragon, as well as I see you have the Cloud Security Project listed as another related project. What do you see as the connections and, and the kind of the, what's the benefit of these things kind of working together? How do you see them connecting? Well, um, what I would uh, most certainly like to see is uh, the use of some of these tools to do some of the example threat models. Because uh, when you first get into threat modeling, uh, I think most of us learn how to threat model just with a pen and a paper. And there is a whole bunch of tools out there. But if you can use an open source tool that's for free, then I think that for a beginner, that's a really nice place to start. Uh, I think once we have, uh, the, for the threat model project at least, more content, then we will probably... Uh, get together with uh, both, let's say, the, the project leaders of the related projects, and we're going to sit together and see how we can build more of an integration. Uh, one of the topics that is suggested for the upcoming summit, for example, uh, is asking, is it possible to create some type of a descriptive language in which you could write just in an ASCII format a complete threat model. So when you look at the uh, the Threat Dragon project, uh, right now everything there is uh, working with JavaScript and it outputs a very nice model. So if we could have that model in some kind of a text basis, then we could use it in other tools that might actually do different parts of the uh, threat model methodology. Or perhaps the people of the Threat Dragon project say like, okay, uh, we are going to implement a stride analysis part within our tool. Either way, I think to keep the things open, we will need to have some kind of a language in which you can actually describe a threat model. So not just, uh, let's say, the, the analysis of the threats, but also the model part. And several proposals have been done in the, in the Slack channel. Uh, some people were looking at YAML files. Other people were already working on uh, using the dot language to uh, render 
a model, but the dot language itself is actually a JSON file. And if you have things in a YAML file or a JSON file, you can parse it with basically any programming language and get some information out of it. And perhaps somebody wants to write a uh, pasta analysis tool on such a file. Somebody else might want to do it for the the Microsoft uh, thread model methodology. So you, you'll want to do a stride analysis on it. So we're hoping to find a format to describe thread models in that would actually be open and be usable by multiple tools. Oh, lots of great stuff going on then. Hey, um, Stephen, so just to finish out a little bit here today, we talked a little bit about the future and so forth, but I'm curious about the OWASP Summit, just going back to that for a moment. Um, are you um, are you working with the, the team and putting together the agenda uh, for the, the summit? Yes. So, um, first of all, just to make things clear, it's called the uh, Open Security Summit, oh, okay. which uh, is sponsored by OWASP, but it's not... Uh, organized by OWASP itself. Okay. okay. It's just a technical detail, uh, and I'm sure if you can get some of the organizers uh, to speak to you, they can explain you how that came to be. Uh, I don't have any of the details on that. But uh, there is going to be a summit, and at the summit, uh, there is going to be a threat model track. Uh, people have been suggesting uh, agenda points, and the way that this uh, Open Summit works is I can create a whole bunch of working sessions. And uh, the moment the people register for the summit, so let's say they uh, create a user for themselves, you don't even need to buy a ticket, you just need to create a user. You can start uh, sort of voting on each of the working sessions. How do you vote? Well, basically, you just say, uh, I want to be in this working session. And if I see that there is enough people in a working session, I will foresee a slot in the agenda and it will uh, be held at that moment in time, hoping that all the people that registered for it actually show up and they will actually do the work. Now, I will be at the summit, uh, but Considering that last year the threat model group was by far the biggest group, I'm hoping for the same response this year. And I'm aiming for between 20 and 40 people interested in threat modeling. So it might very well be that we have two or three working sessions going on in parallel. I'm also looking into a way for people to participate remotely, which was sort of possible last year we tried some things with uh, google hangouts but the quality of those connections were not fantastic as uh, robert might attest to and also the uh, let's say threat model activities do not lend themselves for using google hangouts unless you have one or two extra webcams to actually show the whiteboards and the flip charts where all the models are being drawn on uh, if I can get some hardware and get all these things working, then the remote participation will be of a much higher quality than it was last year. So that is one of the things I'm currently actively working on, which is also uh, one of the reasons, like I'm, I'm active in the Slack channel, I'm trying to get 
a good summit going. So the actual work of writing out all the web pages with all the content is a bit lagging behind. Uh, I'm fully aware of that. But yeah, so far I have found uh, more pressing issues that we need to tackle. Okay. So in terms of the summit, uh, in this case, as it was last year, some of these things will uh, hopefully push towards uh, some updates to the uh, OWASP uh, threat modeling project as well. Is that is that correct? Is that what I understand? Yes. So uh, the way a working session uh, is organized is that there, there will be an organizer and people participating. And uh, there will be in most of these sessions also a technical writer or somebody will need to take notes. At the end of the session, uh, the technical writer will actually go sit by himself. He will do a write-up of the session and it will already be published on the website of the summit, just like it was for the OWASP summit that we did last year. Now, uh, I've had several proposals of people that say, okay, uh, let's not make the same mistake as we made last year. Why don't we foresee some working sessions to actually write out all the content and put it already on the web page? So by the end of the summit, I'm hoping to have a somewhat populated threat model web page where we actually have all the information already on the web page. So that would be our ultimate deliverable, let's say. The ultimate goal of the summit is by the end of the summit have a web page for the OWASP threat model project with loads of information that is, uh, let's call it production ready. So there is a consensus on it. There are no spelling mistakes in it. The, the layout is okay. So it's an actual page that we can leave and let it live its life just like that. And let me uh, let me just throw out a couple of facts about the summit just in case you're listening and you think you're curious as to how you can participate. Check the show notes. We'll have a link in there for the website for the Open Security Summit. But just so you know, the summit itself is ru- runs from the 4th, through the 8th of June, 2018. And Stephen, correct me if I'm wrong, that's in London, I believe. Is that where it's happening? Yeah, so um, it's uh, called London, uh, but it's actually uh, in the center parts, uh, just like last year. Uh, And uh, it's not really in the center of London. So if you uh, take the train to London, you're probably still going to need to take another means of transport to actually arrive there. Okay. Okay, well, another great opportunity to get involved in threat modeling and to uh, certainly push uh, forward some of the the work that's being done on the uh, OWASP threat modeling project. So, great. Well, thank you, Stephen, for joining us. Do you have any uh, last uh, words you'd like to to leave to our listeners uh, about threat modeling or the project? Well, uh, I just wanted to stress that, okay, it's an OWASP threat model, which means it's open source. And the whole idea with open source is, of course, uh, if you have a problem or a question, then you just throw it out to the community. And if it is a question that multiple people have, you just come together, you work on it a bit, and you publish your content. And that is, in fact, what we're uh, trying to achieve, which is, of course, why we uh, invite everyone on the OWASP Slack workspace and go to the threat model channel and just uh, have a look over there post some questions if 
it is an interesting question or some questions come back, you can be sure that we'll, uh, we'll gather some information and post it on the website at some point. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, again, thank you, Stephen, for joining us today. So thanks again for having me and uh, have a nice evening. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please do us a favor and visit the iTunes store and give us a five-star rating. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Bourne and TJ, and the outro is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You can find us on Twitter at AppSecPodcast or on the web at www.appsecpodcast.org.